Hey everyone, welcome to Coasters and Creators. I'm your host, Aaron Johnston, and here we go behind the brand of influential content creators shaping theme park social media. Today I have on Danielle and Mike from Ride on Orlando. They are YouTube vloggers in the Orlando theme park space. Let's get going. Yeah, so Ride on Orlando, um, we are an Instagram page and a YouTube channel. We just kind of like cover, we, well, we live here in right in the middle of Orlando, right in the tourist district. So we're at the parks all the time. So we kind of cover what are, what we get up to at the parks. Yeah. Um, but also we love to travel for theme parks. So we're quite often heading out around the country or even to other countries. So we kind of mix that stuff in there as well. And we say it's sort of like our adventures in Orlando and beyond. And yeah. that, that's pretty much us in a nutshell. What? Um, so I... Um... I came to know you guys from seeing your stuff on the pipeline coaster at, at SeaWorld. Yeah. Um, love those videos and that, and that content on mostly what I watched was on, was on Instagram. And um, mm-hmm. can you talk just maybe briefly about if there've been any kind of key milestone milestones in the development of, of your brand right on Orlando over the, over the years, I don't know how long you guys have been actually doing this. Um, we've been doing it about, three, maybe even four years now. And um, kind of like started when, um, well, I'm, I'm, although I'm originally from the UK, I was living in the West Coast of California for, for some years, um, right in the doorstep of California's Great America. And I had an Instagram that was centered around Great America. It was called Inside CGA. And yeah. Really, like when I moved over to Orlando, when Daniel and I moved in together, it was kind of I couldn't keep doing that. So it was really like, let's try and do something similar for Orlando, and it's just grown from there. And you know, the last few years in Orlando have been great for theme parks with things like Velocicoaster, Iron Guazi, yeah. Pipeline. There's been loads of exciting development. So we've kind of been following all that as it as it's happened really and we've seen our account grow alongside some of those developments yep what was the goal i guess mike specifically when you first started this journey um creating content creating content back at your kind of um at your original home base in california what was what was your what was the goal at the time you know it didn't really come with a goal for me it was more about um you know, I was just sort of um, interested in photography, interested in theme parks and coasters, and this was a good way to kind of marry the two things together. Gotcha. Cool. So what I want to do, if we can, um, is let's rewind the clock a bit and go back to kind of your theme park or you guys' theme park origin story. Where did the love of, of roller coasters theme parks, amusement parks, however that kind of fits um, into what you guys like. Where did that come from originally? Yeah, I can go first. Um, I actually grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, and I was probably about 10 minutes from Kings Island. Yeah. So I grew up going to Kings Island, and then um, during high school, every single day I'd probably go to Kings Island. So it, it started there. Um, and then I, I moved to South Carolina for a little bit. So I was at Carowinds. Um, I think I was in, lived in Charlotte for about two years. And then I was like, I'm moving to Orlando with or without a job. (laughs) And and that's what I did. So I've been in Orlando about nine years. Well, so wait a minute. So what, what actually prompted the, the move to Orlando? Was it specifically just to be closer to kind of the theme park epicenter of the country? Yeah, okay. and I, I left my job for it and yeah. didn't look back. And Mike, tell us about you. Yeah, kind of a similar story. I mean, like I said, I grew up in the UK and um, always loved going to the theme parks out there. But um, all the you know all the stuff in America, like Disney, Universal, and 
or the big roller coaster parks, they were always well beyond my reach. So it wasn't until I moved to the States that I started to become kind of like really interested in um, all those kind of parks as well. And, you know, that's when my travels began trying to see as many of these places as possible in the States. So goodness, I have to ask because I see a whole, just a wide range of um, parks that you've um, posted content on, on yeah. right on Orlando. But where all have you guys been? Uh, we've we've been to a lot, and we try to keep track of each year. Um, the U.S. base, we do a lot. I mean, we kind of do a lot of the Cedar Fair parks. Um, this past year, our big trip was Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Yeah, I saw that. Um, last year was we went to Germany, we went to England, then we went to Australia. Um, those have kind of been like the big international yeah. ones. Yeah. In the past two years, um, because we have we've only been married for two years, so ah, okay. Um, haven't had, had too much time to travel, <laughs> but we we go to California quite a bit. We go out to Tennessee, to Dollywood, to Ohio. Yeah. yeah um do texas. texas we travel quite a bit yeah yeah i saw you've been to my home park which is which is dollywood in this case i saw oh, some yeah. big i think i saw some big bear yeah um, yeah we were just there in june we yeah there, so that was great oh that's cool um so maybe maybe um different for each of you but do you have a favorite park <laughs> um mine's dollywood Oh really? Yep, I love the food and just the entertainment and the culture. Like I'm, I'm a bit more into the experience of the park. Yeah. Um. Than than just the roller coasters. Yeah. I like the atmosphere. Um. But I would say Dollywood. That's fascinating to me. Because fact, because from somebody who lives closer to Dollywood, it's fascinating that somebody who lives in Central Florida, um would pick um dollywood as their favorite park you know what i mean that's interesting what about you mark yeah oh god this is a question i struggle with all the time but um because i have so many favorites almost for depending on my mood or whatever but the one part i absolutely love is europa park in germany and yeah yeah I just love the scale of it is such a big park with so much stuff crammed in and there's everything from roller coasters, dark rides, like weird kind of transportation rides and parks and stuff. And it's a whole varying level of like quality as well, shall we say. And I, to me, I just, I just love Europe yeah. Park for all those reasons. So, so the natural question from there is obviously, do you guys have a favorite, favorite attraction, favorite ride, favorite show? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, my, mine's Fury three two five. that's hard to beat, isn't it? I I lived there when Fury was opening. My our cat is named Fury <laughs> um, after the roller coaster, so I definitely have a bias towards yeah. Fury. We finally made it over to Carowinds um, summer before last. We've been a few times since then, and um, I was blown away by Fury three two five. I'd heard so much about it, and um, you know, I, I tell you what was amazing was leaving Charlotte, headed down the interstate um, toward what I guess is Fort Mill, um, yeah. and just seeing um, three two, uh, seeing Fury kind of looming over <laughs> the yeah. the park uh, was just an amazing sight. Um, but what about you, Mike? I've got two basically. I've first seen my honorable mention has got to go to Nemesis at Hawkton Towers. Yeah. What do you so think? Is, hold on, I gotta ask. What do you think about the new paint scheme? I think it looks pretty cool. I think it's pretty bold of them to like do something so radically different yeah. to what it was like. Yeah. Um, I like that they haven't just done plain track. It it looks cool. In, excited to see how it plays out. Yeah. But they redo a lot of the theming around it as well. But they they're just they're just replaced. It's just a um, it's a full track replacement. The layout's exactly the same, right? Yeah, as far as I'm okay. aware. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Nemesis was, like, probably the first coaster that I sort of grew up really, like, oh, yeah, this is, like, a big, bad coaster. I'm, you know, 
So for that, uh, and it's an awesome ride as well. It's kick-ass yeah. ride. So for that reason, I always kind of like go back to that one. But the other one I've got to say, and it's kind of a basic answer, but Velocicoaster, yeah. it's the near. It's literally like across the street from where we live. Um, <laughs> we're lucky to have such an awesome coaster right in our backyard. It's a real great mix of the thrills. It's got yeah. the storytelling, the theming, everything. It's awesome ride. It is awesome. Well, um, Danielle's pointing out our cat Fury, so I'll be remiss if <laughs> you say that's Fury. interesting. I, it's when you say that I haven't really thought about when people ask me what my favorite coaster is, I automatically go to to Fury, um, and I don't know why that is because you're right, Velocicoaster is, is is just as amazing in its own way. Um, I think I think with Fury, I think it's just that lift heel. Um, it's just oof, it's hard to beat. And the um, the ride length is just amazing. It um, definitely is an awesome ride. Actually, earlier this year at CoastCon, I got to climb up the lift hill of Fury as well. Yeah. So That's that fun. was kind of a once-in-a-lifetime um, opportunity, which was I, really cool. I saw somebody post a video from, from that walk, and yeah. I just could not imagine. I mean, it was a bit of a slog to get to the top, to be honest with you, <laughs> but definitely worth it for the view and the yeah. Um, did y'all go to CoasterCon at, at y'all? Did y'all do the full CoasterCon at Dollywood too? We did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One of my friends did the lift walk at, at Light and Rod. Um, he said that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. The uh, so what is y'all? It actually in Central Florida in Orlando. What is the go-to park for you guys? Where do you find yourself at more more often than not? Sea World. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. How, why is that? Um, well, I grew up on SeaWorld, and my undergrad degree was actually in marine biology because of SeaWorld. Um, so I've always had like a soft spot for it. Now, yeah. it's not what it was. And I, I do kind of say if it, if it was what it is today when I was a kid, I wouldn't be interested in marine biology or marine life. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that part's sad. But I think we get to know a lot of the stuff at SeaWorld, whether that, that's entertainment or um, some of the corporate individuals that work there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, like, even the Halloween events, they had Hollow Scream. We yeah. just get to know a lot of those those employees far more than we felt. And it, it just felt, like, more authentic, more genuine than, like, HHN, where yeah. it's very scripted and we didn't really – that they were there to do the same like five second routine. Yeah. Um, I understand. So That's interesting. It's um, like, I don't remember honestly the last time I brought a roller coaster in SeaWorld, but <laughs> even just like walking around, it's it's just nice the atmosphere. Yeah. Tell We've actually been like lucky enough to kind of like work with SeaWorld on some social media stuff and also to you know, they, they look after their past members and their influences yeah. and things like that as well. So we have a great relationship with the park there as well. I've, I've heard really good things about management at uh, SeaWorld Orlando. I had a, um, a guest earlier on this season. Do you guys know Dan from Midway Mayhem? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he talked a lot about, about SeaWorld. Um, it's interesting you bring that up, Danielle. I wasn't expecting to go down this road, but I – I would like to get your take on kind of on the direction that, that SeaWorld has kind of taken the parks over the years. If you um, can. I mean, I, I went to SeaWorld for the killer whales. Yeah. I, I did the, I did SeaWorld camp for the killer whales. I bought hundreds of the stuff killer whales. I honestly can't, recall the last time I watched sh the killer whale show because it's not the same. It's yeah. not enjoyable. Yeah. It's very much force feeding you facts. And yeah. so I miss the like, and it, maybe it was because I was a kid like that, that could be the case, but most of their shows are far more educational yeah. and less like theatrical. And I mean, that goes for all the shows that goes for the sea lion show um and now what they do for animals is spectacular like all the 
animal rescues and all of that, um, that probably don't get shown yeah. as much. But yeah. it's for me, it's sad because I, I remember like, I mean, even just meeting the characters was a big enjoyment for me. And I know they brought back the uh, the characters for maybe one day <laughs> last yeah. month. Yeah. I don't know if they're coming back, but I hope they do because it it was a part of SeaWorld and a part of their history that I enjoyed. I um, think I think people forget how long SeaWorld has been around. Yeah. I mean it's it's been quite a while. I grew up going to the one in Ohio. Okay. Um, and that was when that was like our family vacation. But then every single year growing up, we would drive down to Florida for me to go to SeaWorld and I would literally go to every single Shamu show um, because that was my dream. Like I wanted to become a killer whale trainer at SeaWorld. That was yeah. like yeah. every girl's little dream. So it, it's sad in the case that it's changed so much. Um, understandably, like you, we know why, Yeah. but it's also sad that it can't be what it used to be because yeah. of that. And eventually there will be no more whales. And I don't, I can't imagine a sea world without any more killer whales. Like that is heartbreaking to me. Yeah. Because it comes down to the fact that like sea world made me care for those animals Yeah, and be passionate about marine life and go into marine biology. And without that, there, I wouldn't have cared about marine life or went into marine biology. I would have gone a different path. And that's that's really interesting because I've I've heard I've heard that said that that said um, that that kind of the the um, the argument for um, animals in captivity at, at Sea World is the inspiration, right? And yeah. so it's interesting. It's neat to meet someone that that actually has happened to. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've I've gone to the SeaWorld camps. I worked with the animals. I like the the people that work there are so passionate about their those animals, and they care so much about them. And the animals are taken care of incredibly well. I mean, they they eat better than humans, to be <laughs> very honest. The amount yeah. of food they get, so it's it's definitely. I mean, it's it's still SeaWorld, and they're still about the animals, but I think it's not what it used to be. Yeah, I understand. So is it, am I incorrect in saying that for Danielle, it's mostly, or it's more about the theme park experience for, um, and then for Mike, for you, it may be more about the roller coasters, attractions kind of thing. Is that too much of a general statement there? Um, I think for me, I like... I like the roller coasters, but I like it when they're like themed and integrated into the, the parts. I'm not quite so bothered about like the, the parking lot coasters at Six Flags and things like that. I got you. <laughs> I'll, write, I'll write everything to get the credit, but yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. like I said earlier with the Velocicoaster, it's like that great mix of like an awesome yep. ride with great theming and storytelling, and that's what I I look for. So that that takes me right to my next question, which is, um, so of the aspects of theme parks that you guys are are um, interested in, um, so like for me, it's I'm super interested in theme park design um, operations. What are those aspects of 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 the parks that you guys are most interested in? For some people, we've had on it's been the merchandise, it's been dining, that kind of thing. I'm just um, interested to see what that is for you guys. I mean, really for me, and probably you would imagine for Danielle as well, but it's like, it's just the experience of being in the part of the environment. That's for me kind of like what makes it different from going to like a carnival or just yeah. like a Six Flags or whatever. It's like when, when you're in the environment, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, like, it, it truly is a whole package. And although, like, yes, I will analyze things, like, oh, it, like, because my job right now is analytics and I, I analyze numbers, 
I'll be like, oh, if I add up this person, this person, and like that kind of stuff, but that's not really, that's just my mind. Um, (laughs) But from a perspective of like, I want the whole experience. So the entertainment, the, the, I wouldn't say the, not always the food because I'm not, I'm kind of a picky eater, but um, just, I mean, if we take into account like Discovery Cove, Discovery Cove for us is something that's in Orlando and you, you don't feel like you're in Orlando. You feel like you're transported to like a different location. Yeah. And that's really what that that feeling is. It, it's something that's like taking you away from your kind of day-to-day and your job and work and all of that um, and transporting you into a place where you can feel like you're in a different location yeah. and you're not worried about like work or anything like that. So, so talking about the theme park experience, what are some trends you guys are seeing in the, in, in that area um, that you, that you like, or the things that you, that you kind of dislike? Talk about that a little bit. Um, you can go. I mean, <laughs> I think one of the biggest trends is obviously like integration with mobile phones and especially here in Orlando, like at a certain huge mouse resort, you have to be <laughs> on your phone the whole time you're there. Basically. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, it has its benefits and it has its cons. Like it's, it is useful to be able to like book stuff ahead and plan ahead and that. But then also, like, it's kind of taken the spontaneity out of the experience. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have passes to every single theme park, but we typically avoid Disney because if you don't book it far in advance, you really just can't do anything. Like, you can't go down to a restaurant at Disney Springs anymore and just show up. You really have to have all of that booked and pre-planned, and that's not something that, like, we we like to do we we don't plan very far yeah. in advance and it's even like if you can't just turn up and jump in line for like one of the brand new e-tickets like tron or guardians you have to yeah. get up at 7 a.m and book it on your phone yeah. and if you don't do it within the first 10 seconds that's it it's sold out do you guys find that that's a kind of a common thread amongst um the locals in that area um as far as you know theme park enthusiasts is it you you the, the most people in the area find themselves more going to sea world more going to universal just because it's more accessible just a, a more frictionless experience i mean to disney where we're located most people really don't go to the theme and that's that's one thing before mike moved down and, and i worked here in like North Orlando, it was really an outlier to go to theme parks all the time. It's kind of like, wait, you do that. So I think it depends on where you live. And like, if you're kind of more in the younger crowd, they're probably more going to the theme parks versus where we're at. We're, we live kind of on a golf course community. So a lot of the people are older and they don't, they don't go to theme parks. So in general, we see that, but with the theme park enthusiasts that we know, I mean, there will always be Disney fans, and there will yeah. always be people who only go to Disney and don't go yeah. to any other theme park. And I think yeah. that's the mix. I think you have those people who are only Disney, and they don't go to any other theme park, but then you'll have the people who probably have all three options, and, and they'll mix it in a lot of the time we see them going universal and sea world more, but it also depends on what's, what events are going on at that mm-hmm. time. Yeah. What, rides are what, what, yeah. What rides. So it is, it is funny how that breaks down. You're right though. It's a lot of times. I mean, the perception is it's, you have your Disney theme park fans and then you have everybody else. Yeah. It's so strange. right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, we, People, people really are like gung ho all Disney or like us. We have all of them, but we kind of don't go that to that to Disney yeah. that much. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting because you. I mean, I'll talk to Disney people all the time, and I am. I mean, I'm one myself, um, but I also like all the other parks as well. And 
they almost kind of look at you like you're, you know, this strange person because you do like other theme parks sometimes. Uh, <laughs> so, um, how do you guys keep up with um, theme park news developments in the parks? What's your go-to? I guess we just kind of keep an ear to the ground. Like when you're living around here, you always seem to know somebody who knows what's going on or people sort of message you and ask you if you're going to one thing or the other. And then just beyond that, I just think we just hear stuff on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Yeah. I mean, we cover like the parks that are near us and we hear things first, but for like parks that aren't close to us, a lot of the times it's just like going to Instagram and yeah. like, hey, did you see this? And yeah. Gotcha. We're honestly you- not huge like news people in terms of like trying to break the news or be the first to do absolutely everything. So right. and that kind of thing. So we don't really feel the pressure to keep up with ab- and comment on absolutely every single piece of news that we hear as well. Do you guys have, you guys have certain creators that you like to follow that kind of stand out? Um, n- not especially. We kind of like do do our own thing, and we don't yeah. really like branch out too much further from that. If I know, yeah, that I mean, like we we know a lot of them, um, and a lot of them are our friends, and you get to know more when when you travel and you meet them. But there's no, like it we'd be kind of it, it's hard for us to say a few or a couple because there's just so many great yeah. ones um so well let's talk about the actual creator part of what you guys do um so i guess mike or, or danielle were y'all really um into social media before you started doing or covering the parks one of us my well Mike actually works for a social media company. So, okay. yes, <laughs> I think we both were pretty active on our personal social medias. I mean, we weren't influencers, but it's a great spot to share photos. Yeah. I mean, our families are on them. Um, but it, it wasn't anything more than that previously. Yeah, I understand. What do you think the role of social media has been in the in the popularity of, of theme parks today? Or has it played a role, do you believe? I mean, it's difficult to say for sure because we're just, we're so sort of in the center of it. It's difficult yeah. to take an objective look at it. But it does feel like more and more like people would interact with the parks through social media and more of the parks like marketing focus is on social media as well, especially parks that have large like past member bases, like a lot of the Orlando parks. Do you feel like social media has actually influenced the, the theme park experience itself in any way? Yeah, I mean, I think social media, like, it truly kind of makes it. I mean, some of the experiences that the parks do, they're very specific to social media and catering to that. Like those giant milkshakes. If nobody, if it wasn't that (laughs) grand, and I mean, it's called Instagrammable, like for a reason. Yeah. And people buy that specific, I mean, the pickle milkshake that was Instagrammable. <laughs> people bought that because have they're going to post it on Instagram. Not wait a minute. Wait a minute. Have it. you, Danielle? Have you tried the pickle milkshake? No, that's how that it, sound, it looks disgusting. <laughs> it sounds disgusting. But I have definitely bought my fair share of Instagrammable food. Yeah. Not because I want to eat it, but I want to buy it, post it on Instagram, and then probably give it to my. <laughs> because that's that's just what it is i mean that's that is social media yep yeah that's a great point similar with merchandise like we're not huge merchandise people but we see it with disney especially like the limited edition merchandise and the stuff that people just have to have 
on day one and the kind of crazy figment. crowds that create. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anytime there's a new figment plushie mm. or anything yeah. like that, it's just crazy. Like, but a lot of that has been the hype is spreads throughout social media. Yeah. Everyone wants their picture on there with it. No, that's a good point, especially in that front. You're right at that without social media, I don't I don't know that you're getting um you know, a three, four hour line for a popcorn bucket. Yeah. Nope. You know? Um that said, what do you what do you guys think about just the general state? And uh I know you've kind of been involved with it for for a while now, but the general state of theme park social media content today. Are there are there trends in that area that you guys kind of like that you don't like so much? Can you talk a little bit about that? Um I mean the whole, I mean, the, even just the media events are changing. They're like, who's getting invited to? Unfortunately, in Orlando, it's a lot more cutthroat than it is in other locations with social media. Like when we go to the events in, at Carolyn's, everyone's super friendly, really yeah. nice. Like everyone supports one another versus like in Orlando, it's cutthroat. It's, who can be in front? Who can get the first? So, is it really? Media, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. I've I only mean, I've only experienced it at Dollywood. Yeah, so I and sure. I imagine that that park is super friendly and everyone's very supportive. So, it's social media has become more of a competitive state in yeah. Orlando versus like the fun that it used to be. So, I mean, we we really. When did you see that kind of changing? Well, I think it's always been that way, honestly. I think the yeah. the Orlando's a business yeah. versus Carowinds and the the other parks, there there probably aren't influencers making that their job. And instead yeah. it's more of a like a fun or a hobby. Yeah. So I mean, even before we had Ride on Orlando, I was in Charlotte uh, Carowinds. And everyone was always friendly and nice. Yeah. So I think it's just always been that way. And I think it will continue to well, be that way. Well, As the people in Orlando are more like some of them, this is their full-time income. Yeah. Well, and that kind of leads me to this. Um, Cause I think this is a, this is part of maybe for people just kind of getting into um, the, um, theme park social media scene or the theme park community. I don't know that they really understand the relationship between like the parks and the creators and exactly how that works to the degree that you can. Can you talk any about that? I mean, we are there to help them. We, they don't owe us anything. Yeah. They don't owe us in invitations to events really anything like yeah. we are only there to help them. So if, and that, and that's the thing. Some people think that like this park owes yeah. all the shit or, or excuse my language or like they deserve <laughs> to be on a media list or like, yeah. why aren't I on? And that's not the case. I mean, we're more laid back in the case of like, if we get invited, that's great. And we appreciate it. But I think new influencers and influencers wanting to kind of have, work with the parks, they need to focus it more on like building these relationships and how can we help truly, how can we help the parks push out their events and their, their information and their product? Because that's what they're trying to sell. They're trying to sell their theme park, their experiences, their tickets. Yeah. And so from like an influencer perspective, you have to go into that mindset that like we're only here to help them and they don't owe you. And it's okay. If you don't get invited, you can still post about their, their events and their information because some of, sometimes these parks see that and they, and they see yeah. that you're posting and they appreciate it. And that's when you can start to build these relationships. But it's far more than just, hey, you owe me. I want to go to your media event to be yeah. the first to promote something. Like, that's not 
what it's there for. You really have to build that relationship. Yeah. Do you find that that attitude is kind of prevalent or have you, do you see yep. inklings of that? Yep. I mean, especially some of the bigger events um, like HHN, you really see the, Hey, I deserve to be on their media list. Why wasn't I invited? Like, yeah. and, and taking it personally and the, these, teams and marketing teams they have a lot of people and it's a constantly changing list and honestly like sometimes they do have quotas that they have to reach diversity metrics they have to reach and so it's not i mean it's probably not personal it's probably their directive that they're given but we do see a lot of people who take it very personal if they're not invited it's interesting isn't it i guess it's all about perspective because i mean i i kind of go back to a time where um your chance your even your chance of getting into something like a media event at a theme park if you weren't traditional media you had zero chance yeah yeah Uh, at least now there (laughs) is a possibility yeah. yeah. Right. If yeah. you if you're you're right. If you work those relationships and you provide value, you do, the park see that you that you provide some sort of value. I yeah. guess is really what a lot of what it comes down to. And we know for a fact as well from like talking with some parks that it's not all about numbers either. As well, it's not like you could, just because you've got ten thousand followers doesn't guarantee you anything. Yeah. Just like if you've only got five hundred followers, that doesn't mean that a park isn't going to be interested in working with you. Like if you can build the relationship, you can provide them with good quality, like different kind of content that can go just as far as having, you know, a reach of 50,000 followers. Yeah. Um, You're right. That's all about, you know, from that, from that perspective, it's, you know, you're right. What, what kind of, even if you're not, if you're even if you're not huge in numbers, what kind of what kind of different angle do you bring? Yeah, exactly. Um, what kind of you know maybe maybe you have a specific specific niche that you target that they just can't, you know, it's a market they just have trouble serving otherwise, yeah, or reaching otherwise. Um, well, so talk a little bit about let's go let's go to, you know get in the weeds just a little bit about your actual content. Sure. Can you talk a little bit about the, the, the development of your style uh, of that content um, over the years? And yeah. Kind of how sure. that's changed? Or so, if it has? I mean, traditionally, like, my, our, our entry into this has been through photography. And for me, like, I've just been interested in photography and kind of combining that with my interest in roller coasters. But the style I've really developed has been quite high definition. Um, I like the real kind of like close up of people on the ride, people enjoying the coasters, kind of like freezing that moment when they're just about to go down the drop and they've got the amazing expression on their face or they're being launched into the top hat and just capturing the hair flying back as they go. So for me, I really try and think of it almost as like action photography or sports photography, almost like that sort of thing, like capturing that split second moment when something is happening on that ride. Yeah, that's interesting. I just I just got off another uh, recording, another episode um, with a guy who um, Jack, he does uh, thrilling moments photography. Right. And um, he, he kind of taught me, we went through a whole, <laughs> just a really deep in the weeds of how he kind of developed his, his um, basically his action photography style, which is exactly what you're talking about. I, it was super yeah. fascinating. I really haven't thought until what, what he was saying than what you were talking about. I really hadn't thought that deep into how to actually capture that moment and what yeah. all that entails. Yeah, so, and then beyond that, more so recently, really like, you guys, um, I know you mock or Danielle said something you. What? Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You're good. 
No, I was just gonna say. Oh well, I don't you, know if, Mike, if you handled the short. Oh, uh, hey, sorry, so, Daniel, can you hear me? Yeah, it it cut out a little bit, but I think you were asking more on like who covers what. If yeah. not, I'm still yeah, yeah, gonna answer it. <laughs> my so Mike covers all of the videos and pho photography. Okay. I am just the social behind the account, <laughs> I guess. So You're the I, producer. You're the producer. Yeah. Yes. I'm the one who mess responds to messages and yep. um, interacts with the people. Um, but I am not a photographer. I have never tried to even take a photo. Actually, I think I have, but I think because Mike had it all set up. Um, but no, I understand. Yeah, I'm the social behind the account, and Mike's the like photographer, videographer. Like he does all the work. I just kind of talk. <laughs> I understand. Do you guys have any? Do you do you promote your content outside of YouTube and Instagram? Oh, Mike is embarrassed by me when I promote it um, <laughs> because yeah, I I can talk to pretty much anyone. Yeah. Um, so yes, all of my coworkers follow <laughs> the page. Yeah. Um, I, a lot of random places I go, I promote it. Um, especially if we get talking about theme parks. Um, I mean, we, we have t-shirts that we sell and like buttons that are free that we give away yeah. uh, for like events and holidays. So for, for Halloween, we had glow in the dark ghost buttons and we had glow in the dark ghost shirts that um, are just kind of fun for us, but it yeah. helps promote. It helps get the name out. Um, but otherwise I think that's it. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. Talk about the, um, Kind of how you approach strategy between your, the content you post on on or how, how you decide um what content you're going to post on youtube versus instagram is it one of those things where if you're covering something you're just going to cover you're going to cover it as long a mix of long form video for youtube and then and then mock your your you know basically anything that's kind of more um photography based is going to go on instagram is that is that kind of the approach yeah, kind of. I mean, generally speaking, it starts, well, we try to cover as many bases as possible, yeah. um, but it starts really like in the park. Like we want to share what we're doing in the park on our stories. We, you know, we're going to post directly from the park onto our stories when stuff's happening. And we think that's a good way to get people kind of interested and involved and sort of like mm. feel that they're there with us. Um, the next level up from that is like posting onto Instagram with the photos and then beyond that is the reels um, and then finally the YouTube and actually kind of like the order I've said them is also kind of like as you go up, each thing requires more effort to create yeah. Yeah. and therefore tends to be um, also – less frequent i guess so yeah what he's trying to say is he does not like youtube and <laughs> we, our youtube is clearly struggling um but that's fine like it's we never sought out to be on youtube like it was not an interest it still isn't an interest it's just kind of something that i think has turned into more of an obligation um yeah. and we that's don't absolutely so hate it but it also is a good opportunity because my mom watches our YouTube and she watches every video. <laughs> and so for, for her, it's a way to like see some of these things that we're going to. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say we're not interested in it or don't like doing it. It just requires so <laughs> much work and time. Yeah. And those things are basically at a premium. <laughs> I mean, so, there's still a, a Star Wars galactic star cruiser video from um months ago that i keep telling mike you gotta get up you gotta get it <laughs> it's, it's now that it's closed ago. yeah, yeah. You know, i would love to be able to make these videos and spend the time to do it and i have you know admiration for those people that yes really do come up with like these regular great videos 
Yeah. And, you know, with all the cool edits and the flash graphics and everything. But it's really just like a bit of a time sink at the moment. Yeah. So for y'all, if you could, if you could just live on Instagram completely, it was y'all. Y'all would be completely good with that. Yeah, honestly, we yeah. would be. Yeah. So what is the, what is the obligation to be on YouTube? A lot of guys? the companies or parks they want to see YouTube. Yeah. So that's that's really it. That's how why we got on it. Um. I mean, yes, there is some financial, uh, like, gain from YouTube, but yeah. it's merely like it's not it's not very much. Like, we are not. Yeah, we're not really big enough to see much benefit from that side. Yeah. Now I've heard from a just a view perspective that the the shorts on YouTube seem to do better in general than the more long form stuff. Are you guys, is that what you guys have experienced too? Yeah, we've definitely experienced that. We've done. We've had fun with YouTube Shorts. And yeah, we've, we've put some like that's a bit where it's much lower effort. So yeah, you know, we can kind Is of that a bit more, feels a bit more throwaway. You can just throw something yeah. up and see how it does. Is that a deal where if you're posting a reel on Instagram, you're just going to go ahead and and upload it as a short on YouTube, or do you that, do targeted shorts for you just for YouTube? That's the theory. That's what I'm supposed to do, but. I often forget to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that's that's, that's, uh, that's, the that's whole what we aim to do. It's yeah. like if you've got it ready in one place, why not share it on the other place? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's interesting. I think um do you guys get do you see very much engagement on the YouTube side with your videos or are pretty I'm much all your engagement from like Dubai and Abu Dhabi? We yeah. see it like comments coming and even the germany one the olympia looping one yeah. a lot of like more on the pov sides than our vlogs because those are just silly yeah <laughs> but so we'll get like people asking questions or being like oh that's a cool ride and we can't wait to ride it yeah but not a ton i mean I there's mean, not you can never really tell when something's gonna no. hit as well like one thing we did earlier this year when we went to Carowinds for the opening of their aeronautical landing section. Yeah. We made like a little 30 second um, YouTube short. short that showed off two or three of the new rides. And for the rest of the year, that video has just been doing comments and views. And for some reason, that short just keeps going and keeps going. That's yeah. That's, um, is that what has been your biggest short or biggest long form video on oh, YouTube? Well, by far our biggest um, like short video was one we just randomly took when we were visiting the Mall of America. That was on, on Instagram. That was on Instagram, yeah. But it ended up getting like 15 million views or something crazy yeah. like oh, that. Wow. It was just like um, somebody going crazy on one of those like flat rides there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We just randomly posted it and it got shared all over the place. So that was by far our biggest hit. But we've definitely had we've several had a few other of reels that have been in the millions as well. But that was our biggest one. So do you have kind of a, a general or maybe just a loose con uh, content strategy as far as like when you post? Um, no, not really. Nope. You like that at all? I mean, it, it it comes down to what we have going on because yeah. our like, unfortunately or fortunately, like our jobs and and that are going to always come first for us. Yeah. yeah. Um. So sometimes and sometimes we just need an off week. So sometimes, like, I mean, I don't even think we've posted very much this week, no. but we also know that starting tomorrow for the next week we're we're slammed busy and we're going to constantly be posting so we we definitely don't have a calendar or a strategy it's just kind of whenever we're able and yeah yeah, yeah. i would say roughly the aim is to try and post something once a day but <laughs> at least once a day but frequently that falls by the wayside but yeah. then it really comes down to like what's going on and yeah like if we've got you know we'll we'll especially like around busy times like 
Halloween mm. and the beginning of the season and that. We'll have tons of stuff all going on. So during that period, like, we've got plenty of new stuff to post and that just kind of, like, naturally gets distributed in those times. Well, I guess it's a good time to ask now, just kind of wrap us up. What is, um, what's the next big thing for you guys? I know you said you got a lot of stuff coming up for, um, for Christmas, but any big trips coming up down the road that we can look forward to? We don't really have any big trips booked at the moment, but I would say just watch this space because you never know when we are going to, uh, <laughs> go ahead and get somewhere booked up. Hopefully, I mean, our, our dream is to go to Asia and visit some of the Disney theme parks out in Asia. Yeah. Um, that trip was supposed to happen this year, but due to injury, oh yeah, we we had to cancel it. So there's there's definitely some big theme park trips that we have like planned and ready to book, but it's just kind of come down to injury and. It's why did the right type to yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. Oh, I'd love. I could. I mean, I, I would love to get over to Tokyo Disney Sea. Yep. Yeah, same. Um, that was planned for Thanksgiving, but it's been pushed back to next year at least. Gotcha. What's uh finally? What's what would you say if you could kind of distill it down to one one thing? What's the one big thing you've learned over the years creating um, this kind of content? Maybe maybe something you wish you would have known when you started. I mean, I think we repeat this a lot that like this is a hobby and a passion for us both. And if it becomes anything more than that, if it becomes not, if it feels like it's we're just doing it because we feel an obligation and we're not passionate about it and we're not enjoying it then then we'll stop. And I think that's been something that's like continued on for us because it's truly it, it gives us an opportunity to spend time together and do do things we enjoy. But if it ever gets to the point where we're not enjoying it, we're not gonna do it. And that's that's what I think we keep reminding ourselves of that. Yeah. And I think just to add to that is like don't take it too seriously be nice to people yeah it's fun it's enjoyable like it's supposed to be a shared passion between all of these people like all i mean i would hope that all the all of the like thirty six thousand that follow our instagram like theme parks and enjoy our content and enjoy um seeing the parks maybe more than what they can do so it comes down to we're all really in this together and if if you're not well then you're probably not doing it for the right reason a big thank you to mike and danielle for coming on the podcast and as always coasters and creators is sponsored by next stop air and travel making disney vacation planning easy free and fun head to nextstopairand.com right now to get started and if you get a chance rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. See you next time.